0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. When it comes to colour, there's a lot more than meets the eye, and that's what we're going to find out about, new ways of improving printing. Now, colour and printing is one of the most complicated things that humans have experimented with getting colours just right so they mimic the real world and concealing information inside it are some of the stories we're going to find out about today as we delve into the world of printing in colour. When you try and talk or explain colour you can get into a very subjective and interesting discussion. Talk to an artist and they can tell you all the different ways, the colour combinations, sympathetic to each other, and work well together. If you talk to a computer scientist, they'll ask first what standard you're using, and then what type of screen you want it to display it on. When you're trying to refer to colour via a hexadecimal, an RGB value, a CMYK value, it gets very complicated very quickly. And a lot of people pay a lot of attention to this, from high-resolution monitors with specific colour calibration techniques to make sure you're seeing the colour on the screen as it would be in real life, to super high-quality printers but there's a lot of science that goes into determining what colors that are actually seen on the page and on the screen. And it comes back to the limitations, not only of the human eye, but also of the printing materials themselves and the process for printing or displaying them on a screen. Now, the current color range for computers and printers is mostly based on for general printers, not uh, commercial printers, sRGB or standard red, green, blue color space. That was developed around 1996 by Microsoft and Hewlett-Packard. The problem is, as many artists or other people in publishing will tell you, that the hues inside the sRGB system is only a subset of colours that the human eye can see. The human eye can actually see a lot more than is actually easily reproducible in printing or screen display. One of the reasons why the real world often looks better than the digital. So for a while now, researchers have been trying to find a way to broaden what is possible to print while still maintaining a high resolution. Previously, we've experimented with things like metallic nanostructures for color printing. And whilst this is really, really good for expanding the type of resolution we get out of them with high resolution, really crisp images. When we did that, the colors tended to be less rich and suffered poorly or images we could create with vivid colors, but low resolution. And it's more complicated because actually printing on a commercial printer with metallic nanostructures using silver or gold, whilst giving you great performance is really not the best use of those metals from a commercial setting and from a resource use for setting. So we like to use other types of materials, something like silicon, which is incredibly common and easy to handle and mass produce. But in general, when we've tried printing methods with silicon Most of the time, it's had poor color saturation and it hasn't really had a good range of colors that it can encompass. But a team of researchers have recently published in the American Chemistry Society's journal, Nano Letters, and have put together a new method that expands what's possible using silicon nanostructures instead. And this research was led by Jolian. And so what they did was they took lots of different size nanodiscs. So that's small discs made of silicon on the scale of 10 to the negative nine meters. And they moved them inside and outside of a structure, close together and further apart. And when they did this, they could try and find the best size disc shape and the best distance between them. Then they printed art, an art piece actually, onto that silicon lattice and coated that with an anti-reflective layer consisting of silicon nitride. Now, the, that final step is very, very interesting. That anti-reflective coated substrate was actually applied to mimic the color range visible to the human eye. So basically it acts as a bit of a filter to make sure that we're only seeing colors and reflected back colors that the human eye can pick up, so not wasting any wavelengths. And by doing this with an optimized lattice made of silicon rather than other types of metals, the scientists were able to actually expand the range of colors that could be printed using this method by about 121% whilst maintaining good color vividity and saturation, as well as high resolution. Look, it's, it does have some limitations, but it has achieved the largest range of color possible while still maintaining a print resolution better than 40,000 DPI. And for comparison, your typical Word document's gonna output about 200 to 800 DPI when printing. So 40,000 DPI is high quality publication style printing, art level of printing. So this is some really, really fascinating work that's being done to try and expand what is possible with colour and printing to find a better way to represent the real world on paper. This is some great work being done out of Singapore University of Technology and Design. Now everyone loves solar cells, they're a great way of generating solar power and solar power is a key renewable, especially in a sun-soaked country like Australia. Now in our world, there's a lot of surfaces with colour on them, printed, painted, you name it, and a lot of the time, all of that colour is being bombarded by sunlight and it's just absorbing that sunlight and turning it into heat, much in the same way as you or I do or anything really in this world. But some researchers from the Aalto University in Finland have been experimenting with a way to turn ink from being just boring, heat-generating material when exposed to sunlight into something a lot more productive, with the idea that paintings, posters, you name it, could now suddenly be energy producers to assist in not large-scale generation, but just small-scale microgrid generation to boost electrical supplies by making use of what is otherwise wasted heat energy. The idea behind it is to make the ink actually be a photovoltaic ink, which converts part of the incoming heat energy, or light, and turns it into electricity. The benefit of this is that obviously the darker the colour, the more heat and light is absorbed by the ink, which means the more electricity generated. And that means that, you know, in general, the most efficient solar cell is one that is pitch black. That's why you'll see that black, glossy, with the glass on top, solar panel image in your mind. But the problem is, that's pretty boring and unattractive to look at. What if we had a colourful, patterned solar cell that could be used for, say, advertising or artwork? Something to enliven and make the lived environment much more exciting. And with inkjet printing, using a photovoltaic dye, you could print onto a predetermined surface, any really, and a selected image file. And the darkness and the transparency of different parts of the image could be really, really finely tuned and adjusted. And this is exactly what lecturer Jane Holm from Alto University, together with other researchers, including Gufran Hashmi, from the Swiss Ecole Polytechnique Fédérale de Lausanne, found a way to combine some existing dyes and electrolytes from the Swiss research group with the printing method from the Finnish research group. Now, the challenging part of this whole activity was trying to find a suitable solvent for the dye, because you actually have to melt down the dye part of the printing process. And once they identified one and get the right jetting parameters for the inkjet printing, they could actually generate a pretty nice and uniform print quality using, still, a photovoltaic dye, And this is never going to replace a coal plant or a wind turbine or maybe even a hydro scheme. But for a small device out in the built environment that's just getting bombarded with light anyway, this could be a great way to power all kinds of self-monitoring or reporting devices that's part of this broader Internet of Things push. Making all that heat energy that this, it is having to dissipate or deal with anyway, turning that into something useful, is a great idea. And whilst this technology is in its infancy, having an active surface by just printing solar panels onto it is much better use, and much more pretty use, than just a blank black surface. Printers serve an important role, and they have for hundreds of years now, and that is to convey information to people in an efficient and clear way. And that's been the purpose of printers from the Gutenberg Press all the way through to our fancy inkjet printers of today. But another method, an important part of printing, is transferring secret information, information that's not immediately obvious, and this is all part of cryptography one of the great parts of cryptography is not necessarily having a super fancy complicated cipher that you need a supercomputer to crack. Sometimes the best methods are just by hiding in plain sight. Security through obscurity. And this is some of the earliest coding and cipher methods, just hiding something in plain sight. And you can be familiar with this if you've ever seen Invisible Ink, which works by writing something in a, an ultraviolet ink or dye, and then when you shine an ultraviolet light on it, you can see the otherwise hidden text. But researchers from the University of Utah in the United States have developed a new way of basically doing the same thing on an incredibly more complicated scale, obviously not using ultraviolet light, but using another part of the electromagnetic spectrum, the terahertz region. And instead of having very complicated or difficult printers, or even difficult inks that are super rare and expensive, they've done this using off the shelf commercially available inkjet printers. And maybe not exactly your standard inks, but ink that is still readily available. So all these things are relatively low cost, but they've developed a great way of delivering information that's not visible immediately but when viewed with the right terahertz region of electromagnetic radiation can convey all of a sudden incredible amounts of data back at you. Now this could be used for a lot of different stuff. I mean obviously for cryptography this is great, but for more importantly for being able to distinguish between authentic and counterfeit items, this type of method where the counterfeiting check is rather than a hologram is something that you can't see unless you expose it to the terahertz rate a region of light makes it incredibly interesting in applications now this research was done at the university of utah led by ashay nahata ashish shana and andrew paulson and they looked into ways to use basically less than 60 dollar printers and relatively cheap ink to print what are effectively QR codes onto a surface. Except the ink they were using was not your run-of-the-mill ink. They basically used a silver and carbon mix, a multi-metal mix, to achieve this. And and what they did was actually they used silver and carbon ink to print an image that consists of lots of small rods, maybe about a millimeter long and a couple of hundred microns wide what they found is by varying the fraction of silver and carbon present in each of those rods, you can change the conductivity of them. Now, that conductivity change is not visible to the human eye. It has no discernible visual effect. But when you put terahertz radiation or electromagnetic radiation or pulse on top of it at the correct frequency that corresponds to the heights and so on you actually can extract information out that's just been encoded into it through that variation of conductivity. And that's only visible if you use the exact right frequency tuned for that particular print. This research was published in the Optical Society's journal Optica. And they basically were able to conceal in both grayscale and 64-color QR codes. They could even embed two QR codes on top of each other, which were only actual visibly when you use the right wavelength for the different QR codes. And it's incredibly simple. It's very easy to use and can print very complex patterns of rods with varying conduct. This kind of stuff in the past has been difficult to do at huge expensive labs with great big nanofabrication facilities that are complex and expensive. The idea here was to do it cheaply and they did that through printing metamaterials. Materials that are synthetic that exhibit properties that don't normally exist in nature. And by manipulating these metamaterials, like changing the conductivity of them, it enabled them a way to encode information that's not otherwise immediately obvious. Now, normally, if you wanted to try and change the conductivity of a material on a print, you'd actually have to change the type of metal applied to each spatial location, which means you need to print different materials, so silver here, carbon here, so on. And that's complicated and expensive and not easy to actually do. But their method of printing these rods and by using variable concentrations of each of them present in the ink, they actually managed to achieve the same effect without having to swap out the metal. And it's not ju- the way they achieve the varying of the ratio is actually just by printing arrays of these rods of different materials. And by changing them, you can code them for each levels of, of colour. So when they made a QR code, for example, they made it 72 by 72 pixels across. And they could achieve nine different conductivities across that 72 by 72 pixel grid. When you combine nine different conductivities, 72 by 72 pixels, and a coding for each of the gray levels in the print, you can make huge amounts of information actually encoded into that one simple image. They also experimented with colour QR codes, and by varying the number of rods again in an array, this time, so again, 72 by 72, because each pixel contained four different conductivities, so four different little rods that they printed, they were able to achieve 64 different colours in the final image, which is, again, a pretty amazing... Now, they did that with a $60 printer, and they can achieve a resolution of about 100 microns not great almost visible to the human eye but with a slightly better printer a 20 micron resolution should be possible and this means you can embed huge amounts of information into a really large canvas or a really small canvas the next step for the research is to try to do the same thing instead of using terahertz radiation maybe use visible spectrum radiation and that would enable obviously more challenges but an easier way to interpret the information nevertheless it just goes to show that viewing, printing in a new light can help you figure out new ways to not only encode information, but to also add added security to everything from banknotes to concert tickets. And this is some great research being done out of the University of Utah. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. new ways to conceal information inside a print using a low-cost method, to ways to improve our solar panels by printing in solar ink. And we found out about ways to make our colour printers even more realistic. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.